This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I was joined by Chris, the MLS card guy, and surprise, surprise, we talked about the MLS a lot. But don't worry, if you don't care about the MLS for the first half of the podcast, we definitely talked about more general, so rare shit, like Serena Williams, Haaland, that whole thing, um, the, this Grand Derby giveaway thing they're doing where people get to go to the Sevilla and Betis game, the transfer window, risk, mental health, initial investments, all sorts of stuff. I hope you enjoy the episode. Chris, aka MLS Card Guy. I've talked to you on YouTube before. This is the first time in the podcast. It'll be no surprise to people listening that this is going to be quite MLS-centric, but no better time in the year for it. The season's back. When's the, when's the first kickoff? We're 25 days away from the regular season. Um, the Champions League starts like two weeks before, so we have three more game weeks until the Champions League starts. It is, it is getting to be that time. It's getting to be that time. Is it making you hard? Is that a oh, bit personal? I can't, wait. I can't wait, man. I really can't. I've been buying players for three months, and I can't wait to throw them all in the lineups. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got your uh, your gallery up here. You've been on since. It's safe to say you're a boomer. I'm going to just start calling people yeah. like you a boomer. You joined in the boom. Um, mm-hmm. I actually haven't followed you, so I'm following you now over on So Rare, and. I'm wondering there, do you buy many players outside the MLS or would you say you're like, what sort of percentage is MLS? All your superiors are MLS. Yeah, at this point, I'm pretty much all MLS. I dabbled a little bit towards the end of last year in Asia. Um, I'd like to get into Asia a little bit more, um, but I'm, I know MLS. I've been in MLS for years and years and years. So um, that's where I wanted to start and kind of build a gallery. Um, And then, you know, as some of these guys, you know, Kevin Paredes goes over to Europe, he's going to stay in the gallery. So as some of these youngsters start to transfer over, I'll start looking at building maybe a challenger or a champion Europe team at that point. Young Kevin's off to Wolfsburg. Am I right in saying you sang his praises in the video we did? Or was that I a different did. guy? He did. is my guy. He is my absolute guy. He's a star. I compared him to Alfonso Davies. Um, not quite as good, but that kind of caliber level. Um I think he's gonna he's gonna smash it at Wolfsburg. I mean, it'll probably be a wee bit of time before he plays, I imagine. Or yeah. do you think he slots straight in? I, I don't know. Um, he'll probably take a little while to, to break into the team. He's still only eighteen, so yeah, I think he's just turned eighteen. Um, but a, I mean, they they paid enough for him. I think it was nine million, something like that. Um, so I don't think they're buying him to sit on the bench for very long. I'm going to just do something live. I don't normally do much live. This is really cheeky, but I've just seen that his one of a hundred rookie is on for sale and it's for Ooh. sale by good friend Quinny for a very fair price. But I'm going to hit Quinny with a, with like a low ball and see how <laughs> quick it takes him to like, I'll offer him 0.21, which I think is it's just above market. I'm going to hit him with it. He'll probably DM me instead of like actually respond him. But let's see. Let's see how that one pans out over the podcast. But anyway, um, look, do you want to give people a bit of context about yourself, where you're at, whatever you want to say, highlights, lowlights, just to give them an idea of who you are? Yeah. So you you uh, you nailed it right on the head. I'm a boomer. I uh, got in. I was reading a sports business page about uh, so we're raising $50 million at the time. Um 
got into it just made a lot of sense coming from the FIFA world, coming from the MLS world, um, coming from the physical trading card world. A a ton of things just made sense to me about so I kind of combined everything, got into it. It took me a little while to kind of get my feet wet. And I kind of started a little bit slow, maybe last year, started trying to grind out some ether rewards, had a little bit of success doing that and then hit the end of last season and really decided to kind of jump in with both feet, kind of leveraged my entire gallery um, to, to try to really build something pretty big. And I've done a pretty good job. We've had a really, really good off season um, where uh, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but I'm really big into trying to withdraw your initial investment. And I've reached that point now. So I'm essentially just playing with house money. Um, so it's, it's really, really exciting time. Um, I've, I've gone through and learned, made a ton of mistakes my first year. Mm. Um, but I think that's really how I learn is just trial and error. So I, I'm really happy with where I'm at and super excited for this year. I've never been more excited for an MLS season. Yeah, I, I've been in the position myself. I think like in terms of my sort of surreal journey now, I'm pretty well set other than for the summer. I'm, I'm, I have no exposure in Asia and America. Um, and maybe... It's the worst time to buy in many respects, but I've sold a few cards over the last week and I'm hoping to build some teams out so that I can actually compete in the summer. But I remember like, I don't know when it was, I think I joined so rare like a year and a half now, but this this type of, this time of year last year, so basically this time last year, just before Asia came back, um, in particular, I don't think I had many MLS, if anyone, but I remember whenever Asia came back and I'd already bought like Kosei Tani and Kikuchi and a few other guys, you see, waiting for them to come back and be able to utilize them on my under-23 teams, it was like a kid at Christmas because I didn't yeah. have many other options at that time. And whenever they all came back at once, it was just like kid in a candy shop. What divisions will I enter? Getting stuck in with a strong gallery and going from really just sitting on the back burner, playing one division a week maybe. It was like all of a sudden I was fielding three teams and it was it was amazing. So I know there's a lot of people sitting on the edges, even waiting for Russia-Austrian cards to come back into play. We're not far Asian MLS and it's going to make it's going to make for a lot of variation I suppose in particularly all-star um but across all the divisions you know there's going to just be more and more outcomes each week and more and more players entering these tournaments and I can't wait for the variation in scores I suppose um but yeah this episode will be pretty MLS focused particularly at the end with all the questions but we've a few things to talk about first um so if anyone doesn't care for the MLS they can stick around a while anyway <laughs> I was in the shower doing my thing, and I thought to myself, I don't think I've ever spoken about Serena Williams in this podcast, and that whole thing. I think I skipped that. Maybe I maybe I spoke with someone about it, and I've forgotten, and listeners are like, oh, for God's sake, John, we have to listen to this again. But I never touched on the whole Serena Williams thing. That was huge. What, what were your wow. thoughts on that? It's massive. I mean, you, and especially being over here, like she's such a big personality over here. She does all kinds of, you know, TV, and she has all kinds of connections, Um, and I, I don't think a lot of people know how good of a businesswoman she really is. Um, Mm. so just to be able to get her perspective and get her input on where we go as a platform, I think is, is incredibly valuable. Um, and whether that means that, you know, I know we've talked about so rare, maybe expanding into a different sport, whether that ends up being tennis, if that's the direction they go, they have the best tennis player probably to ever play the game, uh, as an advisor. So it's, it's really, really exciting for so rare to be able to leverage these contacts and, mm. and really have world-class opinions behind them. You know, whether that be Serena or PK or Griezmann or any of these guys that, that are just extremely, extremely good at what they do. 
Her husband is Alexis Ohanian, I believe, and he is actually, I think he's an investor in SoRare, but he's very big in the NFT space. That's obviously where that connection comes in with Serena. But yeah, um, I've heard she's an amazing businesswoman. And like, look, taking out the whole business credentials and everything else, if I do just focus on her as an athlete, it's an absolutely outstanding appointment in terms of like, it's Serena Williams. Do you know what I mean? Right. This is no fucking B-lister. And if she, like, I'm even thinking down the line and getting more players on board and brand deals and this deals and ambassadorships and sort of stuff. I, I just think that's that's a huge haul. Um, yeah. It's only positive. I, I can't see the downside. Now, it was only the week before this, I think, that I was speaking to Harry about what sport could be next. And I do think it's going to be tennis now. <laughs> I just, I, I don't know, maybe it, it takes it a bit simple, but I've always thought tennis could work. It is quite individual, but maybe if you depict, oh, maybe it wouldn't work. Oh, it breaks my know. head. It does make a lot of sense, though, because you can, like, you, you have a lot of stats, right? You have a lot, you have yeah. aces, you have double faults. So it's like you can have positive and negative points. And, I mean, I know over here in the States, fantasy golf is a big thing, and I know you guys talked about golf as well as being potentially that sport. Um, I don't think the fact that it's individual necessarily disqualifies the sport i think because you can here in the states we play fantasy golf we have five golfers on the team you know they get points for hitting fairways birdies pars mm. all that kind of thing so i don't think that just because it's individual it um it would disqualify it and if it is tennis i mean there is nobody better than serena williams at knowing that market and, and having the connections to get the right doors open to, to make that a really successful sport a hundred percent. So yeah, bottom line is I just wanted to make sure I covered that. I might well have a few weeks ago. I'm sorry if I have, but look, it's worth being brought up again. Um, Serena Williams was a great appointment as a board advisor. And yeah, it's exciting to see what 2022 holds on that front. Um, the next thing, there's the one glaring thing we need to speak about, but I'm going to leave it just one more it's point away. And coleslaw, <laughs> That's the one glaring thing. That is the big one. That's the one every on everyone's <laughs> mind. <laughs> Do you know, I, I I seen it. I've had a picture of a lasagna sent to me this week. I haven't had a picture of anyone eating lasagna and coleslaw. I implore anyone next time they're out, they're out for a bit of brunch, order the lasagna, send me a photo, and uh, the best lasagna and coleslaw that tags me on Twitter will get an NFT as a prize. Boom! There it is. Wow. Let's spread this. Let's spread this. Let's make this part of NFT culture. Is this the official sower dish now? Like anytime the manager meet up, they have to they have to order lasagna and coleslaw. I will tell you this for a fact. You see, whenever I do a so far so rare meetup, next time there's a vlog, I will buy anyone who turns up a lasagna if they eat it with coleslaw. If they don't get coleslaw, they can fuck off. <laughs> anyway. I love this. I'm getting too passionate about it. I mean. I'm, I, I, we were talking about it before. Like I, I will try anything one time. It doesn't sound like it's going to work, but hey, I, I trust you. So if you think it's going to work... I'll try it once. Let's I don't see. think it's going to work. It works. It. Th this is the thing. People think this is some maverick. Thing. This is a staple of Irish households. Like if I am making a lasagna, I buy a portion of coleslaw. It's not like I'm the maverick here. If I go down the road and someone's eating a lasagna, they'll have fucking coleslaw in the house. Oh, anyway. Anyway, do you know what it is? I'm done with being defensive on this. <laughs> I can't wait for people to try it and just turn, like they just come over to the dark side. Anyway. The other thing we need to speak about is El Grand Derby with So Rare. Just, just there. It's in yeah. the announcements. Thought I'd bring it up. I think it's nice. Um, I think it's kind of strange. That's. I don't think it's strange how they're doing it. Um, I wonder will their vlog be to the quality of my one. I'm excited to see it because I'm actually recording the second installment of vlogs the week after this. 
Um, I'm I'm really excited to be able to watch one and not have been there. Do you know, like actually just watch this because I think vlog content around so rare. I really I I love it. It's my favorite type of content to make. You're obviously a content creator yourself. Yeah. Um, I love making it, and I know I love watching it. So I can't wait to watch this. But are you do, are you able to? Are, have you announced where you're going for your second one? Um, I actually don't know, but people who listen to the podcast deserve to know. It's I'm going to Calpe Calp in Spain, um, and I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to Kelp in Spain on the first weekend of March, and Quinny is hopefully going to be there. Quinny is going to be there. Uh, I think Hendo's going to be there from the community. Both have been on this podcast. Um, a couple of Quinny's friends vlogging it. Hopefully going to go to Elche, Barcelona. Valencia, we're meant to be playing Madrid, I think, but it's changed. I think they're playing Granada now, but it's another game. And I think there's there's we could get as many as two or three games in, depending on when the times are. Um, it's a good area for, like, one-hour trips to football games but I suppose bottom line is if anyone seen the last vlog and thought oh, I'd love to have been there reach out give me a DM I'll give you the dates I'll tell you where we're going to be and I mean I can't guarantee you tickets or accommodation but if anyone wants to come over I'll definitely be about for beers and, and coleslaw and lasagna but um, yeah I can't point, wait to see. at some point we got to get you over to the States to, to do a little 100% the, we got I some nice doing... stadiums over here man some great places to watch football and I have two other vlogs in mind for this year, um, and one is New York, or at least the East Coast. I want to go to 1.37pm studios, I want to go to a game there, I want to eat pizza, I want to do whatever New York people do. Uh, my uncle had a street named after him in New York, um, wow. like earlier in the year, so I want to, or at the end in December, so I want to go and visit it. I have lots to do in New York, so it's going to happen, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, but... The So Rare's own vlog, or whatever they're doing, um, I just know they're recording it because in part of the like application, you have to say you're happy to be recorded, but you'll get training ground access, meet head scouts, meet club data analysts, meet the director of your football club, meet the players you love to watch, and VIP tickets for the game. This is for Betis versus Sevilla. Um, and yeah, the only thing is you have to be a fan of one of these clubs, so I haven't even applied. Um so yeah, and I just I say th- like that is every fan's dream to have like 100%. that kind of inside access is incredible. Like that, yeah. If if this where this site and this platform ends up going, isn't that just the most exciting thing that you guys have ever heard of? I, th- that's the thing that I want. That's that's why I really want to speak about this. It can seem a wee bit like to some who don't really care. They're like, I don't give a shit about Sevilla and Betis. And my first reaction was kind of like, well, I'm not a Sevilla or Betis fan. Right. But put yourself in the shoes where like this is your club in your derby or your club against another club, and you're getting to go and do this and meet these people, shake their hands. Maybe not because of COVID, but you get the point. Training ground access, maybe get a few autographs, go here, the VIP tickets. VIP tickets to games are insane. When I went to Barcelona, you're treated like royalty. If you get to do that, that's where we get into the realms of priceless, where you actually can't do this without the access that you're getting here. And you can't buy this access. You need to be given it. And that's the point. And I think that's where the prizes go, where, you know... Utility yield, all this is all very important. But you see, whenever they're so rare or big enough and have the staff to actually be doing stuff like this every week in multiple stadiums, putting out multiple pieces of content per week with 200 staff and they have a full content team of 10 people, like that's going to be insane for us as the fan. Do you know? Imagine the amount of special weeklies or whatever they have at the time, or maybe everyone who has a rare card of a player from that club gets stuck on a draw and they get to win the experience. There's a million ways they can give these experiences out. Application like this, give them your stob story, tell them your biggest fan ever for 20 years. 
I just think this is the future that I always preach and talk about the reality versus virtual reality and digital. And I just, I love this. I love it. I think it's the future is so rare. And what a, I mean, what a pitch to be able to make to the teams as well. Like you have the opportunity to bring on this entire new set of fans and then you give them this experience. If I, you know, if I got a, a Betis experience, I would be a Betis fan for the rest of my life. You know, mm. I would be pouring money into jerseys and going to games and, and all this different stuff. Like what a, what a pitch that SoRare can make to even onboard new leagues, onboard new teams that, hey, we have these absolutely rabid soccer fans and you can essentially have access to them and, and, and try to win them over to your specific team. I mean, I work for a team and that would be incredible if we had that kind of access to, to, to you know, fans like that. Mm. I think like the, you've just brought this up in my mind. Transfer deadline happened. That was obviously a big thing that's happened in the last week. There was a lot of transfers. I'm actually going to make a note of that. We're going to talk about the transfer window and how much fun it was or wasn't for you. Um, but... Like in terms of that fanship and in terms of attention and eyes on clubs and awareness and the likelihood that someone might buy a shirt or go to a game if they're in the area. I just remember seeing Oostend, KV Oostend, and I thought it was amazing. Uh, Kiel Sherpin, I think he might have went over from Brighton, I'm not sure, uh, but or if he's on loan or what he is. But in if you look at the announcement of that signing, it's just so rare accounts. Like loads of so rare accounts been happy. Yeah. And even in the lead up to that signing being announced, Loads of so rare accounts badgering the club. And it just shows that, like, I'm not taken away from Moosin's fan base in any way, shape, or form, but the amount of attention and eyes that are on them purely from a so rare perspective, they're a smaller club as a percentage of their fans and eyes on them. I mean, so rare is genuinely bringing a lot to these clubs. Now, how much is so rare bringing to Liverpool as a percentage of their fans and their, their right. engaged users? Probably not a whole lot. But if you're looking at these smaller clubs, like, it's, it's a funny one. Like, it's a weird one on Twitter where, there's these diehard K-League and J-League club accounts and they're just getting peppered by so rare people yeah. and they're like, they're hating it. They're resenting it, you know? Um, and part of me is like, you should be happy with having people interested in your club. But then the other side of it is like, people are just sending them really annoying messages all the time looking for free information. That's where there's an opportunity for, for Patreon or whatever. Um, yeah. But that was a big rant. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. We have the same thing here in MLS. I mean, it's great to see all these European guys taking an interest in something that otherwise they would never want to watch MLS games. The, the games are at midnight for you guys. Like they're um, not that they aren't good quality, but they're not as good a quality as the European games can be um, there. You're not local. There's really no reason for you to have any vested interest in learning about MLS or watching MLS or knowing any of these players. But I get messages all the time from guys in Italy and Spain and Germany looking for, you know, how is this guy going to do? How is this guy going to do? What's the transfer story on this? And it's great to see people so engaged and so connected. Um, I've had at least 10 or 12 people tell me that they're going to watch DC United games just purely because I like DC United. And that's what I know. And, and, and I tweet out a lot about DC United. Um, and, and they're now going to hop on the bandwagon. We're going to try to have, I know... Um, Candy was talking about a little while ago, trying to have like watch alongs and that being like the mm. next step. We're going to try to do that if we can for uh, some of the DC United games that I'm able to watch. So hopefully we'll be getting a whole new batch of fans um, and a whole new um, kind of locale, you know, not just people in America wanting to watch MLS, but people from Europe, um, 
I don't know how big the site is in Asia, but eventually people from Asia wanting to watch MLS. I think it's great. It's great for the league. It's great for the teams. I think it's just a win-win all around. hundred mm, percent. Now, there is one glaringly obvious thing we haven't spoken about, and it is the sale of Erling Haaland's unique. Who is that? It, <laughs> who? Who, sorry? Who? It, it blew me away. I mean, I, I sat down here to record it, and I don't know why it blew me away. I really don't because I forget what prediction. I should have made a note of it. We made the predictions last week. Um, I forget what I even predicted. I think I predicted like 450 grand or something. So it wasn't mad, madly off. I think it was just the speed at which the bids came in. It hit over that 500, half a million mark. It went to 600. And I was buzzing. I, I recorded it live. And I, I'm actually, I feel like I can say this with my hand on my heart because I always open rewards. And it's not like I'm the type of guy who'll jump and scream in a seat because of one guy. I'm always like, oh, or like, Ew. my yeah. reactions are real. I'm not putting this on for YouTube. Whenever I, whenever that bid went up, I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> it's happening. This is going for 600 grand. And that's amazing for the whole solar space. You know, huge companies, ESPN and stuff. Uh, big outlets doing big stories on this. It was mentioned on local radio in Ireland. My dad, crazy. who lives four hours away in the north of Ireland, I rang him about something last week and he said, oh, I just heard about that so rare card on Cool FM. Cool <laughs> FM's like their little like, Belfast radio station. I was like, really? Like, yeah, yeah, I heard about it. Like, that's crazy. And then you get all these people messaging you being like, you're into so rare, aren't you? You're into so rare. Like, yeah. did you sell it? And it's like, no, no, that's not how it works, I wish. But like... Yeah. It's just amazing for exposure. I'm over the moon. Um, maybe next year, maybe later this year, we'll have a million pound card. Who knows? But like, I think it was. What do you think it's going to be? What do you think it's going to be? The first million pound card. Um, maybe like maybe a an Mbappe unique. I, I don't know. It has to be a Haaland. If it's not the Haaland unique, it has to be the Mbappe unique. I don't think the Ronaldo or Messi have enough utility to to push them there. No. Um, Mbappe hasn't got his unique this season yet, has he? No, he hasn't. So, so but like the other thing is Holland is U23 until 2025 and is only U23 until 2023. Yeah. So I feel like Holland should have way more utility. I'm just banking on the fact that lots more hype happens in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> that that's I think really that's it. where it goes. Yeah. That we that's just, the only reason we grow the platform. Otherwise it'll be I think it'll be the Holland unique when it's resold or next year's auction. It's it's going to be one of them too for the next couple of years unless one of these wonder kids just takes off. Um, what, about Fl- what about Florian Verts? Florian Verts, exactly. Like if he goes to Bayern Munich, yeah, and if he, has, he is he nailed on lock starter, yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, you you have, you have a conversation there. If he actually goes to Bayern Munich in the summer, and he actually just beds straight into the team and scores a load of goals in preseason and is destined to be a ninety minuter, you know, maybe I think it, you know yourself from card collecting forwards always get the plaudits. Right. Uh, forwards always get the hype and that's why like in the physical card scene the Mbappes and the the Hallands and the Pelés and the Messis and Ronaldos are the most collectible cards um, I think Verts plays a bit deeper than that but I mean if he can get the goal involvements the utility who knows who knows yeah. you do a lot more utility internationally as well than Haaland that's a big thing here that's true um, but yeah I think I think the Haaland seal was just huge for the platform um, six hundred and thirteen thousand euros or something. It went for. Don't know what that is in dollars. Probably six fifty or something. Six seventy five, I think. Oh geez, I must go to America. That's nearly, a good rate. Nearly three quarters of a million. That's crazy. Mm. What was I? There was a couple of things I meant. I was going to write something down that was interesting, and I didn't. The. Do you know what I wanted to bring up? 
as a conversation point. Actually, I think it's in the questions. I was basically going to bring up Mason Greenwood and that whole debacle and the risk on your cards. But I think there might be a question about that. If it doesn't come up in the questions, I'll bring it up. Not necessarily to talk about him, um, more to talk about the topic of players and things outside football affecting prices and the risk associated with that. Um, So yeah, Haaland, monumental, huge, amazing. Yeah, every every word that you can think of... (sighs) Everyone's talked to, to death by now, I'd say. Everyone's thought about it. Do you think, it's not do you think he knows about news. it? Do you think he knows about it? I think he knows about it. Yeah? Do you think he's got pressure to perform this it. weekend now that he has $675,000 card? I, I think it's one of those things where he knows about it because someone said, Erling, friend. I'm trying to think of friend <laughs> in German. Like, Erling, like... Someone just bought this card of you for six hundred and seven, six hundred thirteen grand, and he's going, he's just going like, fucking idiots, do you know? <laughs> like, I think that's the 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 extent at which he cares and knows about it, do you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, think he he's cares, like, but I I would I'd just be interested if he knows about it. It'd be fun. I think he's the type of guy that if he's seen that and cared, he would like retweeted it with like a laughy face or like a clown face or something. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so there, yeah, Holland. We've talked about that. The transfer window. How one did more, it go for one you? More real quick oh, yeah. thing on, one more real quick thing on Holland. Just to put this in perspective of how much he went for, the MLS salary cap only allows people to be paid 600000 So he gets paid more than the technical MLS salary cap for a player. Like a full yeah. player actually playing in a full MLS season won't make that much money. That's yeah, it's crazy. Unless they're DP. You could buy, instead of the Erling Haaland, you could have bought 47... If I'm going to price a lasagna with coleslaw at twelve ninety five, <laughs> you could have bought 47,335 coleslaws. If we divide that by 365 days, you could have a lasagna and coleslaw every night for dinner for 129 years. That's good every utility. Night for dinner. That's great. And that's utility. not even cooking it. You don't even have to cook it. There's no manpower there. It's no opportunity cost. You're going out to the restaurant. They're making it for you. 129 years of having lasagna and coleslaw for dinner every night, or you can have the Erling Haaland unique. I know which one I'm choosing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, massive sale. It is, it is very hard. Like to, It is very easy to forget the numbers we're talking about here because we all kind of get lost in Ethereum land and, and just like stupid money land. But like, yeah, that's like multiple houses depending where you live. <laughs> Yeah, I was talking to somebody about my account. I was like, yeah, I have a smaller account. Like, I'm not really that big. And then I really think about it. I'm like, well, it's $14,000 in, in my account and values. Like, that's not exactly small to most people. No. No. Um, so, yeah, I just got to keep it in perspective as to the kind of dollar amounts we're dealing with. I've lost all perspective. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like, I've lost all perspective. Like, I could withdraw my gallery and pay off my mortgage yeah. and... I would be financially set, but the other side of that is, as a content creator and as whatever else, the for my like if if I I would have a real decision on my hands if I didn't make podcasts and videos, and have an affiliate link and all that, I would have a real decision on my hands about like do I just like jack this hobby in and this thing that I love, and just pay my mortgage off, like that's a really hard hard call. The thing yeah. that makes me not consider it at all is obviously the content. And like that wouldn't be possible unless I have a gallery. So it's like And also we expect it to keep going, right? Like we don't yeah, we don't think I'm this bullish. is like 
yeah, we 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 don't expect this to be the peak. So why why would we cash out now? You know, exactly. Um, yeah. So transfer window. How did it go for you? Um, mostly well, mostly well. I mean, it, it was bittersweet because we had so many MLS guys that I love that are just young players that are very talented that leave. And now it's like, do I want to keep them? Do I want to sell them? Most of them I ended up selling. Um, a few of them that I just love long-term I ended up keeping. But um, I can't say that I had any players. The The one player that I had that had someone transfer in ahead of them was Jimmy Maurer. I had three Jimmy Maurer rare cards, and they bought pies from somewhere in Holland. and um, uh, Utrecht. Yeah, Utrecht, and, and his price dipped a little bit. But he's now been given the number one shirt, so maybe maybe we're okay there too. I don't know. I hate to to rub it in, but that one transfer that killed you, it made me, baby. I have two Fabian (laughs) de Kaisers. I have um, Pies. I have his backup in super rare and rare, and I'm rolling in it now. I've got 223 goalkeepers for the next couple of years. I'd like to say I hate to rub it in, but I'm happily rubbing it in. I on on, uh, Maxi Kurpo going to LAFC and Thomas Hassel, who I'm going to talk about a little bit later on. Thomas Hassel in Vancouver, now a U23 goalkeeper, and I, I was able to pick up a couple of them. So, um, I, Like I said, overall, transfer window was definitely good. It's good to see these guys starting to you know, get shots in Europe and, and even at bigger clubs too, right? Uh, Kevin goes to Wolfsburg. Um, trying to think of some other guys that went to not just small clubs, but, but huge clubs over there. Um, but it, it's good to see these guys getting a shot in Europe and, and, and getting to play in even Champions League and, and, and uh, Europa League. So it's, it's bittersweet. We have a lot of opportunity now. There's a ton of open spaces in MLS, and we've bought a ton of South American guys that are going to come in. So it, it was a very – it was a crazy transfer window. And we obviously we had Insignia too, which is yeah, mad, that's big, mad transfer. The amount of money um, there is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely insane. Uh, he he would be like the tenth highest paid team in MLS just on his own. Yeah, he, I seen that. He gets paid double the Western Conference champions from last year. Their whole ta- their whole team salary. Crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, my, my transfer window was kind of fun. I, I had actually I actually had a ball. I'm not going to lie. I had one bad move. Uh, Bruno Gomares, who mm. went to Newcastle. And even long-term, I don't think that's a bad move. I don't think long-term that's a bad move. He's a quality player in Newcastle, sticking money everywhere. I think in right. two, three, in two, a season and a half's time, that might be okay. Um, outside that, I had a bunch of amazing moves. I mean, cards, like super rares that had no utility, now have utility. Um, I don't know, maybe like the likes of Ricardo Pepe, you could consider a bad move, but like, I don't know. I don't really care. Um but the bottom line is, look, this is a kind of plug for YouTube. I did do a video on how the transfer window affected my so rare players, and it was it's like a ten minute video. If anyone cares, I'll not bore you here as well. In case you follow me in both places, in which case I love you. Speaking of loving you, I love 115 people this week, Chris. Do you know why? I'm one of those 115 people. I think are they on Spotify? Five stars. I'm telling you, Spotify listeners. I prefer to Apple listeners now. I think I was like the sixth one. Do I get a, like s- some sort of award or something for that? I think the hundred and sixteenth person might get a reward. <laughs> I need Oof. to. I need to get more people to do it. Hundred and okay. Oh, I should come up with a reward. I'm gonna come up with a reward next week. But let's just say if you leave a review on Apple or Spotify, at any time there'll be a reward at some stage. That sounds like a wishy washy bullshit thing just to make people give me a review. It probably is, but 
If you're not in it, you can't win it, guys. <laughs> 115 five-star Spotify reviews. Absolutely buzzing. Less than half of that on Apple. So, Apple guys, you're being scumbags. Come on, help me out. Um, be sound, do you know? Um, so, yeah, next thing. We, we wanted to talk a bit about this kind of um, initial investment and, and getting it back. It's something you're quite yeah. passionate about these days. And I find it a fun topic. So talk to me. So, yeah, we're and it kind of goes off of what we were talking about earlier, right, with Mason Greenwood and the whole situation. There's a risk in having players. And despite the fact that we do think the platform, we're bullish on the platform, we think that these prices are going to continue to increase. There's still risk. There's always risk. I mean, things happen all the time. Um, you know, people get in criminal trouble. You know, there's been a few instances where football players have even died you know like anything can happen on on, on the site so um, unless you're ronaldo if you're ronaldo you're pretty much untouchable i'm pretty sure you can just pay people off but maybe that's a bad yeah. topic <laughs> he won't be I, returned to uh, the mls anyway <laughs> no nah, i don't know that we even want him you know who, who yeah. needs that guy um yeah. but yeah so going along with that i mean it's it's crazy what can happen so we don't want to have all of our eggs kind of in one basket we don't want to go all in on on a specific player and then that player you know just even doesn't play well and their price you know decreases so my big thing and especially with um not necessarily newer accounts but smaller accounts guys that don't you know aren't going out and buying you know crazy hundred thousand dollar cards um my big thing is to try to work to a spot where you can withdraw your initial investment so like for me personally i when i initially started over the first maybe four or five months i put in about five thousand dollars and i have been working to um kind of re withdraw that that initial five thousand so that everything that's left on the site i didn't have anyway so even if i lose it all tomorrow you know i'd be obviously upset but it it wouldn't be a big deal for me it wouldn't you know affect my own personal financial situation um and i think this is not scientific at all this is not i've not done any research on this but this is just what i personally have done i've taken 50 percent of the profit that i make on a trade and set that aside to take it out so what i mean Mm -hmm. by that is if i go and buy a player for 0.1 eth i ended up flipping him for 0.2 eth then i'll take 0.05 so 50 percent of my profit and just set it aside, set it to an account where I'm never going to reinvest that and take it off the site. That way my account's still growing. I'm still, you know, reinvesting the profits, reinvesting the initial investment, but I am also able to pull off a certain amount. Um, and I actually just in within the last few days hit that mark to where I'm 50% of my profit is now 5,000. So I can withdraw that whole amount all at one time to avoid as many of the gas fees as possible. And, uh, and I can kind of just play with house money from here and, and, and I can be even more aggressive potentially now. Mm. Um, but that's something that I think a lot of times it gets maybe overlooked with some of the bigger accounts. Um, some of the guys that are throwing, you know, expendable income, um, and, and not really thinking about, Hey, if I'm, if I'm an account with 500, you know, pounds or $500 and this is, the only $500 that I have, how would I treat it a little bit mm. differently? You know, I, I don't think I would be nearly as risky with, with some of the stuff that I do. Um, so I just want kind of want to bring some attention to that side of things and just say, don't play with money that you don't have. Don't, 
um, you know, don't risk something that you're afraid to lose. Um, there's plenty of chances to flip players and trade. And I'm, I'm a big trader. I, I love to buy guys that I think are undervalued. And when they eventually go up, I, I tend to make a profit on those. But um, that's something that, that I'm really passionate about is just make sure that you keep in mind that this is still real money. There's still real, you know, you know, there's still real financial situations at stake here. So I don't know what, what do you think about that? How do you kind of play with your own? I can go off on a million million hour spiel here. I think so. I, th- I think a lot of it's psychological. I feel like whenever you take out your initial investment, a lot of people say I'm risk free. It's like you are, but all the money in the account is still technically your money, and you're still right. technically risking it. And you would still probably be a little bit gutted if you lost it. In terms of me and where I am at, I, I'm I'm a, I'm as open as a book on all this. I got into so rare, put a good bit of money in. I withdrew about maybe I don't know. I think I withdrew a large portion of my personal kind of stake um, in like November or so. Uh, Paid off a car loan, very happy about that. Um, And I kind of told myself, because I told myself at that point, like, look, I have a car loan here. If I could pay it off, at least if all goes tits up, I've paid off my car loan. Um, And that's just like my personal kind of mental. Like I was, I was like, if this does go tits up, I'll be annoyed that I didn't do that. Now, if it goes tits up, it's a lot of money, but like life goes on. Um, I've kind of, I've invested a good bit more um, in the last few months from like a separate pot. So like I have my personal account. Everyone has their own financial situation. I have personal accounts. I have different businesses and things that I run and different things that happen. And I've invested money that I'm kind of one step disengaged from. Um, and I'm, it's it's going into the same account and all, but it's just me. It's not multi-accounting. I'd love to set up a second account. Don't, <laughs> don't you get me wrong. I'd love a second account. But anyway, bottom line is, from a personal financial exposure perspective, my situation's quite cloudy. Um, but I think it, it's, it's all based on the individual. And I think right. you do put in some very pertinent things. And, you know, I think it's one of those where people say it all the fucking time and a lot of people just go, yeah, 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 yeah. And... But the bottom line is, like, really do just cop on. Everyone listening, I'm going to say lads. Here's the other thing. Like, 99.7% of listeners are males, so I'm sorry to the point three if I ever say lads. Um, we love you too, Mel, and whoever else listens. It might, it might just be MDJ. I don't know. But um, if you're a female who listens, please reach out. I'd love a female guest again. But just have a look at yourself. And just think, So Rare has just died. I'm here giving you the D-Day podcast. Like, lads... Fuck what could have been. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, we really, we could have made it. We thought we were going to the moon. Jesus, Serena Williams was involved. Do you know what I mean? Like, they were worth over four billion. What happened? And now we've all got nothing. We've these pointless NFTs that are shit. How does that make you feel? Do you feel a lot of regret or anxiety about that happening? If it does, you're overexposed. So work to change that. Um, and, And really do work to change that. You can be bullish on something. You can see people like me throwing tens of thousands of cards. You can see other people with massive accounts. You can see 600 and something grand going for Erling Haaland. But if your financial situation, that 500 quid's a difference between feeding your kids next month or going on a family holiday or going to your friend's stag, take the money out. Do you know what I mean? We're all at different stages. It's a beautiful community with people from all different demographics, different backgrounds and financial situations. But don't be comparing yourself to some of the other dicks that are thrown on the table here. Right. Do you know, just play within your means. So like, it is a really important thing and it is always mentioned, but I feel people like never actually really consider it. So it maybe is just a thing to really consider. Um, and this is something I, that doesn't have to be done like today. You know, this is like yeah. my personal thing. It took me almost a year to get back to that spot. 
Um, so, I mean, it, it's not something that we're saying, you know, you have to just sell everything right now and get out. It's something yeah. to where just be smart about it. Just be smart. Don't, you know, don't risk things that you don't have. Have it in your strategy. Think about it. Make, make, you know, look, things could go tits up tomorrow. They're probably not going to. The, things could go tits up in two months. They, they might not. They probably won't. But like even just have a plan in place where like it gets you to the position where you're exposed as much as you want to be. If right. you're thinking, do you know what? Like if this went tits up tomorrow, I would have loved if I took that extra ETH out because of this. Okay. How can you get the ETH out without absolutely jeopardizing your so rare experience? You know, have a think about it. But anyway, look, we're not here to lecture anyone. Everyone, everyone's grown up. Everyone can do their own decisions and stuff. But just like really like sometimes we don't have many people in our real lives. I think who are into so rare. It's not mainstream yet. Yeah. Most of it is online. You're probably talking to your friends and they think you're mad having a 200 quid card, a 500 quid card, never mind anything more. And it's very hard for people to relate. And I don't think you really, I don't know. I think like because no one else really understands, it's almost like I feel like we'd always feel like we know better than anyone from our personal lives trying to advise us. You're like, oh, you just don't understand it. Yeah. But like, you I don't, don't have anyone to bounce that idea off of. Yeah, just exactly. See, where, see what, if it makes um, sense. And yeah, um, actually in a month or two, probably in about a month, I'm going to have a guy on, um, hopefully, to speak about mental health and fantasy football. Um, so that's kind of tied in. It's, it got deep enough there, but yeah, important point. Um, yeah. So yeah, a next topic, next topic, unless there's anything else on that. No, I think that's good. I just want everyone to kind of keep that in mind, and I appreciate you being able to bring this up and and give it a little bit of, of, of time and air. Um so yeah, I, I think that's yeah. that just is what needed to be said. Look, it's not gambling, but it has a lot of things that I think would bring trouble to problem gamblers. I've said that from the start. Yeah. And no doubt there are people listening who are 100% overexposed. 100%. And they're overexposing themselves every day and they're depositing more and they're buying more cards. 100% there's people listening to this podcast who have way more money in there than they should. And if anyone, look, again, this sounds like, oh, look at John trying to be the nice guy. Genuinely, if anyone wants to DM me, or I'm sure you, Chris, you'd be happy to take this. We both make content. Slide in the DMs if you're having any trouble. I'd jump on a Zoom call with anyone and have a talk about that. 100%. Um, 100%. I'd make time for that 100%. So if anyone's out there and you are having a bit of a crisis, we're always here. Um, As are many people in the community, by the way. This isn't virtue signaling and acting like a big fucking hero. It's just being honest. I feel like I can't, I, I'm too open. I can't say stuff like that without being a critic of, to myself, without being cynical about the whole thing. Because I know if I listen to a podcast, the guy's like, oh guys, if you're listening, you're having a tough time, reach out. I'm like, you fucking bass. I'm just like, uh, you're just trying to act like you're a good person, do you know? Am I way too cynical? Is that no. what's happening here? No, because you, you got to be able to back it up. You're only acting if you can't back it up. Yeah, that's So fair. if you're not actually going to help someone out, if they reach out, then don't say it. But it, I mean, as long as it comes from that place where, hey, I'm, I, we're actually here to help you, um, then yeah, I don't, I don't see any problem with it. Okay. Well then, yeah. Okay. Well, I actually am here, so that's fair. Moving on. Jesus, what makes the MLS different? That's a question for you. Yeah, that's a good one. So we did a video a little while ago about why MLS is so different from some of the other leagues like Bundesliga, you know, um, the Dutch league, you have your Bayern, you have your Ajax that every single year, they may not be first, but they're first or second. You know, you know that those players are going to dominate the league. You know, who's going to be good. Who's not going to be good. MLS is not like that at all. I actually, we did a little um, like an analysis for the last five years of MLS 
you actually have a better chance of finishing in the top five of the league if you finish six through 10 the year before than if you finish one through five. So the teams that finished one through five actually finished lower by an average of one place than the teams that finished six through 10. Um, and that just kind of blew me away from a perspective of watching Bayern win the league like eight, nine years in a row, whatever it is now. Watching Ajax just dominate in, in Holland, watching PSG dominate in, in, in France. It kind of blew me away that this and, and, and there are reasons behind why it's so you know, different and so unpredictable, um, mostly to do with the salary cap. And the teams that finish really high up on the table typically get gutted and they, they have to sell all their players because they can't afford to give them all raises and, and that kind of thing. But um, I think it really opens an opportunity for people who are not necessarily whales, who are smaller accounts, which is kind of where I'm more focused on, on trying to um, help people that are in you know limited, maybe getting up into rare, um, you know, not the huge big whales. I think there's a huge opportunity in MLS if you really learn the league and really know the players and know kind of how things work. There's a huge opportunity for you to be able to buy players at a lower price than you can buy them over in Champion Europe or, or, mm. or Champion or Challenger Europe um, and be able to really compete well. I mean, we're going to go over some players, I'm sure here at the end, that I think are underpriced and, and could be real breakout MVP candidates. Um, I know I have my kind of MVPs for each position and I'm taking a look. There's only one guy really that's in the top five of his position from last year. So just because you have a smaller account doesn't necessarily put you at a smaller advantage. I mean, obviously having more resources will give you a better chance to win. But Mm. um, I think that kind of advantage is a little bit decreased in the MLS. So there's, there's this opportunity, I think, for guys to kind of get involved that um, maybe don't have as big of a budget. So I'm interested to see what your perspective is on that. And if you think that's more exciting or if you think that's, you know, terrifying, because I've heard it both ways. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get into that because anybody could be good in a year, um, which I yeah. completely understand. But it's it scares me personally because of where my interests lie. I mean, if I was an American or if I had grown up watching MLS or if I had somehow fallen into MLS fandom, I think at that stage, it's a huge edge. Right. I think there's definitely opportunity. I think where I'm at, I'm the only MLS or Asian team I think I would like to buy because I don't particularly understand the season because I don't particularly understand everything about them and the culture. And whenever you get to Asia, it's a language barrier and stuff too. But I think I want to buy the MVPs that I can slap into a team and throw in and forget about each week and hopefully produce a yield out of that. Yeah. Um, utilize them in all-star, knowing they're nailed, knowing they're a monster. Um. So it scares me that a player that costs one eighth, one point five eighth, whatever now, could be a point three, point four player next year because of unless I'm yeah. following the story, because I'm if I'm not following everything, you know, I think if you're engaged in it all, it's exciting. I think it makes for more exciting trading. It probably makes for more exciting following of seasons and um, do you know what teams can be on top next year more prospecting and and projections and, and predictions. But I feel like for me, who doesn't have that passion for MLS football, it scares me off. Right. No, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. And I think what you said before that you you have this opportunity to do prospecting, it's great. Like it's becoming a really great league for prospecting. It's becoming Mm -hmm. this, I mean, the MLS academies put a ton of money uh, or sorry, the MLS put a ton of money into their academies um, over the last 10 years. And it's starting, you're starting to see all these guys go over 
You know, mm. it started with kind of Alfonso Davies and Tyler Adams, but now we're starting to see. I mean, this so transfer many. window, there was like five of them that went for more than ten million, which is just insane. In my, in my I literally have like five Americans, and they all went: Daryl Dyke, Pepe, yeah. Bello, and Cole Bassett. All yeah. got transfers. And you're trying to get like, Kevin Paredes. Uh, yeah, any young American who's some sort of talent is heading off to Europe these days. Do you think that's good for the MLS? I think it's great because it opens up more opportunities. It gives us money um, to reinvest back into the academies. And, and we aren't going to be, with without having access to the Champions League, we're never going to be the top five league in the world, period. Mm. It just won't happen. Players uh, outside of maybe Lorenzo Insigne, most players are not going to come over here and voluntarily sacrifice and not playing in the Champions League every year. If you're a footballer, that's what you want to do. You want to play in the Champions League. You want to play in the World Cup. So, and unless you know FIFA rejiggers things and and makes the Club World Cups bigger than the than the Champions League, I don't think we'll ever be a top five league. But can we be on the level of like you know Holland and Belgium and you know Russia and some of these other you know tier you know a, t- a step down from from the big five? Challenger, leagues? absolutely, we could be a challenger a challenger Europe level team and I or level league. And I think we're getting there and the amount of money that's being poured into it is fantastic to see. And we're also mm. starting to buy all these kids from Argentina and Ecuador and Brazil. And all these guys from South America are coming to the U S spending a couple of years here and then moving on to Europe. It's, it's almost becoming the destination for the top tier of South American players. And from from a perspective of I've been watching MLS for years, 10 years ago, we were absolutely ecstatic to get, you know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 35 years old. Um, mm. Well, he that's a bad example because he's now back in AC Milan. But we were ecstatic to get these older guys, David Beckham at the end of his career, Steven Gerrard at the end of his career, Pirlo at the end of his career, would come over and we were just great to watch this old legend who isn't really that good anymore, but he has that name recognition. Now mm. we're actually seeing quality soccer here, and and it's a whole different step up. Um, mm. And I think that's really, if you look at Inter Miami, they're owned by David Beckham. He's trying to build a team for the MLS ten years ago, and it's just not working. Like he's got Iguain, he's got Blaise Matuidi, he's got all these big names, but they're just a horrible team because they don't have the talent mm. anymore to compete at the MLS level. So it is exciting to see this quality really coming to the fore in the league. Um, and it's starting to become a destination league for everyone outside of Europe. Mm. Yeah. Well, look, the MLS, it's back soon. We're going to talk a lot more about it um, in the questions. I have no doubt. The yeah. last thing kind of on the like topical kind of stuff that I wanted to mention. And again, it's one of those that it's a funny one. Look, I'm just going to be honest as I always am. Like it's the Greenwood stuff. I don't know the best way. I don't even know if you do cover this shit or if no one wants to hear about it. I think, like, instead of making the story, I, I hate whenever... I was listening to two guys who I really rate, the Soccer Cards United guys. Um, if anyone's into collecting soccer cards, I recommend you listen to them. But the way they were kind of putting it was, like, the, the most harrowing part of this story isn't that Mason Greenwood's thrown away his football career. Who gives a fuck about that guy? I mean, whatever. I'm sure, like, I don't know if he's actually been convicted of anything yet, so I'm, I'm hesitant to just outright call him a fucking scumbag but i'll say it doesn't look great that's not the most harrowing part of this story and what should matter what what actually is important about this story is that a young girl was brave enough to to go against a premiership footballer for manchester yeah. united with the war chest that he'll have behind him 
and it looks like she's going to come out on top. Um, so all credit to her. Um, and yeah, but the the message I think I want to take into the podcast without getting into the nitty gritty of all that, because to be honest with you, I haven't really read about it all, um, and I don't want to say something stupid that I'll regret. But it it is that risk of players doing stupid things or things out of their control, like death. It, I mean, it is a really big thing, um, and can massively affect card prices. It's a huge risk. Do you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it, obviously it's a big risk, and it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, with just keeping yeah. in mind that anything can happen. You know, the it may not even be a player that does something; it might be the whole. You know, it might be so rare as as a whole goes tits. It up. might be you. As a, you might click the wrong button. It's true. Know, I've seen people click the wrong buttons before, and they're in bits about it. My view is, if any one player in your gallery, if they disappeared tomorrow, if it might piss you off. But if it's going to bring you past the point of being pissed off, ruining your mood for a few days, inducing a tear, whatever it might do, you shouldn't have that player. Buy right. five worth Spell the same them. price. Do you know, if you have like a gallery and 50% of it or 80% of it or 20% of it is in one player, that's a big risk. It's just about, do you know, monitor that. You never know what these fucking idiots are going to do. These are young guys getting paid hundreds of thousands a week. It's a fucking cesspit for, for madness. Can you um, imagine yourself at 18 having access to 500 grand? Like, Jesus. the kind of crazy stuff that you would do? I mean, I, I know myself personally. Yeah. I would, yeah, yeah. I don't think I would have handled that well. What would you have done? Oh, I don't know if it's it's podcast safe. It's Everything's podcast safe. I'm putting you in a position. What would you have done? Come oh, on, big man. man. <laughs> if I'd have gone 500K at 18. Let's call it a million. You have a million oh. quid and you're 18. He's like, I don't want to incriminate myself. <laughs> I don't know what I could say. Uh, you're gonna, you're basically going to say mean, cocaine and strippers. That's what you're thinking. No, no? I wouldn't go that worse. Uh, no, I wouldn't go okay. there. Yours is I would, worse. I would definitely go and like just have a week where I just don't remember anything though. So what is this? Re- I'm actually like worried. What's this really bad thing that you can't say if it's not just like class A drugs and? No, women? no, it's I, I don't I don't think I would do anything that bad. Just walking. I, I just think I would actually. Like nothing. Yeah, when I was 18, I don't know what I would have done. Now I would genuinely like, I don't know what I'd do. A million quid, I don't think I'd retire. I don't think that's enough to retire these days, particularly in Ireland and Euros and the house prices and everything else. But like, um, I think I definitely like to retire and just have like six dogs. That'd be if nice. I, if I were doing it now, I would just retire and just like sort of like semi-retire but i'm i'm gonna get bored just sitting around the house so i'd go and find something to do you know i'd make a lot of so rare content <laughs> i'd go full-time content creator but i mean if we're talking like life-changing stupid money that you can retire which is kind of what a lot of these footballers are on um i don't know what i'd do i think something i've always wanted to do which i think would be hilarious for content if i ever like won the lottery and won like 50 million i'd love to like make content and just to be really sadistic towards my friends. Like, I have really good friends, and I'd love to make it like, all right, lads, the first one of you to do X gets Y. Or like, all right, lads, like let's see. Like Squid Game? Just crazy shit. Not, not really, really sadistic, horrible stuff. More just like, right, lads, first one to Sydney gets 10 grand. Good luck. Or first one to fucking, first one to do a handstand for 10 seconds gets this. First one to be able to juggle four balls gets this. Just to, just to watch them. I think I'd be really so, funny. Sounds sounds like the Amazing Race. But th- yeah, that that's it. I, I loved the Amazing Race when I was younger. Yeah. But maybe like part of that just makes me some big sadistic control freak, and that's just a massive flaw in my character. But I'll take that in the chin every day. <laughs> that's a good question. Like, what would you do that's if crazy. you just like, like if you won ten million? 
that's probably the most commonly like debated question in workplaces in the world and i'm sitting here at, at like it's the best question like ever. You've just it's thought just, of it. You just come up with an original idea. If you answer it in front of like your best friends, it's different than answering it in front of hundreds yeah. or thousands of people. Yeah, <laughs> you know? it's a different answer. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you come and meet me at a so rare meetup, ask me that question again. Like if you buy one hundred and forty-two years worth of lasagna, I guess. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm here now. Like, I would cure world hunger. I would donate it all to charity, and I would. Uh, live in a field I would buy six dogs and live in a mansion that's what I would do (laughs) oh fuck I'm the worst person in the world Um, but yeah yeah that's it just players can do stupid shit or they can be really unfortunate and like die just be aware of that Um, alright well we answer some questions it's a really morbid podcast i think i feel like i've incriminated myself more than usual in this one i feel like i've really said some things that won't won't, i won't look good after but anyway um yeah so you ready for some questions let's do it let's get some questions uh okay the big the one that got the most likes and again guys a lot of this is mls focused um if you really hate the mls for some reason it's going to bore you i won't hold it against you um, but, I will, but that's a good <laughs> He will, but yeah, make sure you, um, yeah, leave that review before you leave. But we're going to talk about the MLS, and I'm interested because there could be some nice buys or, or little pieces of information you drop here. So, um, eight speed sign, so rare manager MLS JPL, a really clunky name. You should you should tighten that up. But um, thanks for the question. It's it's probably one of the most liked questions we've ever had. 18 likes on this. Who will be DCU's second goalkeeper this year? Do you think Toronto still could transfer a new goalkeeper? And who could replace Turner in July? There's three questions all around goalkeepers. Yeah. So, there, yeah, there's three of them there. Um, we, don't, we still don't know about DC. Uh, we are assuming Kempen will still be back. But there's also been talk that they don't really like him as the backup and they want him to be the third string. Um, they have talked about transferring another goalkeeper in. We don't know who. We haven't heard any rumors, or at least I haven't heard any rumors. So we're still kind of waiting to see about that one. Um, as far as Toronto, I was convinced about two months ago that Toronto was going to bring in another goalkeeper. And I, they just haven't yet. I, I don't know. Maybe it's a salary cap thing where they're going to spend all this money on Insignia and Salcedo and... Um, I, I don't know. Maybe they don't have enough money or maybe Bob Bradley just likes one of the two goalkeepers that they have, Westberg or Bono. If I had to pick between the two, I would probably pick Bono because he's been the starter off and on for like four or five years now. He's not an old guy. I don't think he's horrible. I don't think he's obviously not one of the better goalkeepers, but it's looking better and better for Bono. Um, but that's still just, uh, it doesn't sit well with me. Like I don't like that pick Mm. um and then as far as new england turner is obviously leaving in the summer um i would expect new england to be pretty decent again this year i don't think they'll be supporter shield but i think they will be in the playoff spot assuming that they're in that playoff race i think they have to go and get another goalkeeper they're not going to roll with edwards or knighton um neither one of those guys is starting starting caliber in mls so the thing that makes the most sense is a trade. They could sign somebody from overseas, but that would probably involve too much money. Um, I kind of singled out the two trade partners that would make the most sense are Dallas and Minnesota. Dallas has just bought pies, like we talked about earlier. So potentially mm. if he's taken that spot, then Jimmy Maurer would be a decent option. Um, and then the other 
potential trade partner, Minnesota, they've got Tyler Miller and Dane St. Clair, both of whom have started, both of whom are very, very good. So it would make sense for New England to maybe just overpay and, and grab one of those two guys if they're really serious about trying to challenge for a playoff spot. If New England doesn't come up with another goalkeeper, though, that seriously hurts New England's defensive cards. I mean, the, Matt Turner is just far and away the best goalkeeper in the league. So mm-hmm. if you take him and try to downgrade to Edwards, I mean, I would just be selling as many New England defenders as I could get rid He's of. He's that good, is he? Turner. He's very good. He's very good. I don't think I don't know that he'll play at Arsenal, but um, that's a he's weird a solid move, backup. He's a solid backup. Yeah, man. that's the thing. Like Arsenal seemed to. I, I remember over the last few years they seem to always have like really strong backups or by like starting goalkeepers as their backups, and then yeah. I mean, this obviously tells me Leno's going in the summer, which yeah. I'm happy about because I have I him. So. so I'm just going to hold him. But like, yeah, keepers are a mad one. It's so hard to know. Um, and from his perspective, I mean, I, I know you're going to the Premier League, but you're going to be a backup in a World Cup here, you know? Yeah. Like that's, a, that's just weird where you're fighting with a guy who's a backup in the Premier League and you now put yourself in that same position. Yeah. Kind of a Very strange. But good question. Everyone always wants to know about goalkeepers. The next question that was most liked is from uh, So Rare Golden Steve. Do you think anyone who eats coleslaw with lasagna needs their hard drive check and get out of here, Golden Steve? And Bullstar <laughs> wants to know. He basically is rec- suggesting that I might be pregnant and getting cravings. I'm telling you. I don't want this to rumble on for too many months. I don't want this to be like a new boring, like shitty piece of in-banter that I have on this podcast, but it's going there. We're going to be um, here in 2030 talking about lasagna. <sighs> I swear to God, I know this is going to linger with me, but um, I, I stand by it. I'm not backing down is basically the point I'm making. Sorry, I know there's So rare gone tits <laughs> up, but we still have our lasagna and coleslaw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the most important thing. Um, I know there's only one overall winner, says APS, but what would be your prediction for MVPs in each position for the upcoming MLS season? So goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, forward. Um, we did a video recently yeah. sort of top 10 players and we did like an MVP from each position we did um, like prospects from each position but I suppose we'll go through that again um, yeah. or you might, your your opinions could well have changed since so I suppose the MVP in each position yeah well, so it hasn't significantly changed um, but there's a few guys that um, I didn't go over in the last one that maybe we'll go over so Goalkeeper's really tough, you know. I mean, Matt Turner's the easiest choice, but he's gone in the summer, so I don't think that counts. Um, I'm going to go Sean Johnson from NYC, but there's a few other goalkeepers that could really be in that same conversation. With I mean, Andre Blake is very, very good. Joe Willis is going to get a ton of shutouts, so if you want like 60 or bust, the guy never has to make a save because the defense in front of him is so good, so mm. he never racks up any all-around but he does get a ton of shutouts. Um, and you could also pair him with my defender, who uh, is Walker Zimmerman. Um, so if you're looking for like a stack there, Joe Willis and Walker Zimmerman makes way too much sense. Um, the other guys from defender that I like that could break out, Miles um, Robinson, although he is got, he's potentially going to go as well during the summer. Um, and then a new guy that is just transferred in from Mexico to Toronto, Carlos Salcedo. Um, he is a very talented player. They are making him a DP, which means that they're going to pay him more than what the salary cap allows. So they expect big, big things from him. I think he's a Mexican international as well. Um, I'm not sure that he has a card yet. I could be wrong about that, but 
um, as far as a guy to watch. Um, he once he gets a card, I think he'll be a very popular player as well. Mm. <clears throat> um, midfield, I think we all know where I'm going with this. If anyone has ever listened to me before, it's Luciano Acosta from Cincinnati. Um, I am very, very, very high on him. And I know Quinny just did his video on MLS players. He mentioned Brenner and said that, you know, it would be a little bit of a shock to some people that the team that finished last in the MLS the last three seasons in a row would have such a good stack up top. Um, But that's what I was talking about with, you know, things are kind of crazy and unpredictable. Those two guys have a ton of talent. And I think pairing them together, Lucho and, and Brenner, is a really good idea. And I don't think Lucho's price is even that crazy yet. I mean, it's risen by five times, I think, from what I paid for him back in the offseason. But I still think it's only like 0.25. It's really not that bad for as good as he could be. Yeah, um, 0.255 on markets, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Um, so then other guys that I like, Jack Price in Colorado, he's a stud. He just always produces every year. And then Jao Paolo in Seattle. Seattle's front six is just mad. They're just insane. I mean, you could make an MLS all-star team and the front six could just be all from Seattle. It's mm. They are crazy. So pairing any of those guys together would really make a lot of sense. Um, forwards, Do you know what? I, I yeah. don't play. Maybe comparing Jack Price to Vanekin is a bit of a stretch. But I remember Price was a monster because I actually won him as a reward before, used him for a couple of months and sold him for what I thought was a silly price. But like his L40-63 last 15-62, I mean, this guy puts up green scores for fun and he has peaks there too. He like, does. Jack if Price, it weren't for heel, Jack Price would be the most popular player in MLS. Like I could definitely sell a Vanekin and then literally build like most of an MLS team. Yeah. I know, I was I know talking to, to somebody special, who but, got... I forget what he he got Tadich as a reward from one of the very first weeks, and somebody gave him like basically an entire MLS team plus a bunch of ETH for mm. his Tadich. Um, yeah, crazy, crazy. But I mean, the thing is, like, it doesn't make sense if you need these guys for challenger or champion or under twenty three. But like an all star, like I'm playing my Vanekin in all star most weeks because I'm not really chasing challenger. Vanekin has that clout about him and he's got that lordship over him now everyone wants to pay stupid prices and that's fair like yeah. I mean don't get me wrong his last five his last 14 or his last 15 and 40 are all 60 plus he's a monster in the game but like for where I use him I could sell him buy a Jack Price probably buy Acosta buy Brenner. a Zimmerman as well Brenner. yeah, yeah you're, you're talking you're, you're almost getting the full team yeah and like from selling one player, adding maybe 0.5 ETH to it, I could literally have an America team that has a chance every week. Oh, from yeah, that team would be very, very good. I don't know that I could afford that team. I mean, I could, but I wouldn't want to put all <laughs> yeah, as, yeah. as many eggs in, the, in that basket as as, yeah. as that. What? Um, Jeez, I don't know if I could get rid of my, my Lord Hands, though. <laughs> Lord it's a tough hands. one. I'll have to think. I just keep using him in All-Star, and he's almost like my ETH grinder. He keeps almost single-handedly pulling me over the ETH threshold. It's not to be said for that, but I mean, even building an, an American team to play in All-Star D3 or something, like that could be really, really effective. Yeah, especially um, over the summer when everything else is gone. Exactly. I'm looking forward to the summer quite a bit. I have a, a cheeky little U23 team that I'm, I'm looking forward to. I don't know that they'll do very well to start the year but once we hit that summer and all those european guys are off i, I think we'll do pretty well will ochoa play david ochoa 
David. Yeah, he should. He's it's, he's, he's pretty much playing. nailed on. Yeah. Him. Cool. The, so the the U twenty three guys are him, Hassel, and Gaga Slanina. Although Gaga might leave as well. Mm. He's had transfer rumors from Juventus. Um. So cool. we'll have to see how long he sticks around. Because I think like picking up that under twenty three keeper now for the summer is almost imperative. Otherwise, you just won't be playing under twenty three in the summer. Um, but there's very few options, and they're all kind of around that eighth mark. Yeah, but well, that's a separate I conversation. I don't think Hassel is around that, is he? Hassel might Hassel? not be. Sorry, um, I'm just looking. I just know like Kose Tani is one that I've. Um, Thomas Hassel is. He's point, is he, point five eight on average. Point point eight two is the cheapest on market. Two. Last sale was point seven two, so he's getting point, there. Yeah. He's yeah. getting there, but he's still cheaper than everybody else. And he's got he's got until twenty twenty four, which is crazy. Yeah. And he might Mad. play for Canada too at some point. But anyway, we'll I jumped in on you. Your MVPs, do you still have another yeah, position to we're do? At, we're at forwards. So forwards, yeah. Sebastian Driussi from Austin. I know we talked about him on the on the YouTube as well. I love I love Driussi. He just puts up score after score, and his all around score is actually very good for a for a forward as well. Um couple of other guys to shout out is Jesus Ferreira, who I think gets a lot of opportunities in Dallas. Has kind of built this very attacking team all of a sudden with with all the peppy money that they they brought in, um, and then the other one is Brenner, um, who I think a, a lot of times with these South American kids that come in very very hyped, it takes a year to get used to the travel in MLS and get used to the schedule in MLS. Mm. So a lot of times you'll see guys underperform. Barco did this um, a ton of a ton of these really talented young um, South Americans do this. And I think this is the breakout year for Brenner. I think he's just way too talented. We saw so many glimpses. Coaching staff is a huge upgrade. Defense got a huge upgrade with Alec Khan. So I expect big things from Cincinnati. But I could be crazy. I don't know. I just I'm seeing it. I'm seeing I'm seeing tons of goals and tons of decisives for Brenner. Well, let's hope you're right. Let's hope you're right. Maybe some listeners have some Brenner in their life, or maybe they're gonna go and get some Brenner in their life. I hope. Um but look, that's that's a bunch of MVPs for people. Um, I hope they enjoyed that. Walt Gutschkin, Gutschine, you know who you are, wants to know what teams um, do you think are stackable, including player mentions? Oh, so like tell us the players, disregarding yeah. obvious choices like Seattle, mids and forwards in New England. So he basically just wants to know, are there any like sort of, I don't know, mid-table teams that could be stackable because they have decent yeah. scoring players and multiple or sort of correlating positions? Well, the first thing that needs to be said, he said, don't count the obvious Seattle. Seattle is the obvious. Like, if you want to stack, go and get Seattle players. Because like I said, those front six guys are insane. If they stay healthy all year, that is the best MLS front six that has ever been put together. Mm. Um, So Seattle is the obvious stack. And you can combine those guys in any way that you want to. I don't even care. Um, But moving on from those... Um, we've been talking about Cincinnati. So Lucho and Brenner is an easy stack. Um, Sporting Kansas City. I like Russell, Salloy, and Kinda in a, in a nice little stack. I'm not as sold on Salloy, but um, Russell's a monster. And I think Kinda will have a much better, not even a better year. I think his average for SKC was like 58 last 40. But he has a bunch of scores from Israel that are dragging down his his um, average. So it looks like he's only like a 54, but I think I, I went through and he was like a 58. Mm. Um, but he will be hurt to start the year. So that's also something to keep in mind. Um, 
Vancouver, I think, could be a really good stack. Ryan Gold doesn't have a card yet, but the Scottish Messi is amazing. And when he does get a card, he will be perfectly stackable with Christian Tahome, who I'm also very high on. And then as a defensive stack, I like Nashville for, I mean, they're just going to keep so many clean sheets. Um, Willis, Zimmerman, and then either one of Romney or Mejia or whoever you prefer in that third spot. I think that's a really nice stack as well. Cool. I, th- I think I need to build a team. My mind changes like the wind. I literally <laughs> just had an idea that I'm going to sell a bunch of these f- fringe players that I'm not using or guys who don't quite Call make my Lord Hans a fringe teams. player. No, he was. He's different. Now, I've I've actually already in the last week I've sold a lot of players. I've sold Marcus Lorente, uh, my Kakare rare, uh, Pavlidis, Lucas Lissens, Ty Baribo, Cuisance, Adila Shish, uh, Melendo, Van Huysden, Danilo Dohiki. These are basically a load of players that I have that I like and that I wanted to keep. But it's got to the stage where it's like, I've literally now got like 1.6 ETH from all them. Right. And it's like, I had in my mind, I'd buy another sort of marquee super rare under 23. I think I actually have accumulated about two ETH from all that because I picked up a Bubakar Samari, um, who's obviously at Leicester now, a bit more U20, under 23 utility there. I picked him up just as kind of a longer term punt. But um, now I'm sat here on a balance. I'm the worst man in the world for it because the plan was pick up either a load of kind of underpriced super rares that I think are like decent players who will come back into teams um, and then have an even stronger super rare gallery in five months time, six months time, get into the next season. Or now I'm like, MLS I need to build baby. an MLS team. MLS baby. Literally, that's where I'm at. You've got me there. And then I know Asia, I'm talking to Surair Japan for a YouTube video next week and I know I'm going to end up wanting to buy an Asian team. So I'm thinking maybe I just need to buy an Asian and an MLS team. Because I mean, if anything, it'll keep every me, single league. Enter it'll keep me more league. engaged. It'll have me more engaged through the summer. And now is, now is not the time to build two months ago was, but yeah, it's probably better than tomorrow. The prices are just mad right now. I've been selling a ton of stuff as well. Because I had this like massive, I think I had 180 players or some absolutely absurd thing. And I'm planning on running, I think, six teams. So I need like maybe 30 players. Yeah. Um, and so I've just been selling like crazy. I'm down, I'm almost down to 100 now, but I still got, still got way more to sell. So yeah, I've been, I've been raising a bunch of money as well to, we'll yeah. see what happens with it. I don't even know. I don't really have a plan at this point. Just, just dump a bunch yeah, of stuff see what happens yeah um there's a few that we can probably bang out here i'm not sure a lot of these are quite specific um so if you just if we can try and bang these out because they are specific and a lot of people yeah. don't give a shit is captum going to make a step and make the step into consistent first team role at the revs um i don't think so but i mean yes he could um he's a good player but they didn't they didn't move any midfielders. They still have the same midfield. So I don't know why something would change. The coach is the same. You know, everything's the same there. So he's probably just a rotational player at this point. And that's Sam from the Ranks FC podcast. I always, I'm not even going to try your second name because it's either Tag, Teague, or Tige, or there's probably some weird way you're meant to say it. Um, I didn't say DJ. it on purpose because I'd butcher it. And now I've just butchered it six times. So there we go. Zico MC wants to know, is Luke Singh the greatest looking card ever in your opinion? What do you think? I mean, he is a fine looking looking player. He is off to the Canadian Premier League though. So no more mm. server utility, unfortunately. Just a pure collector's piece. 
colette.eth is what I'm going with here. Uh, two plays, quite specific again. Will Kamara stay at DC? If he goes, um, where's he off to? I don't think he stays at DC. I don't think he fits the style. He just tied for the golden boot in the MLS. So he's had a massive season. It makes way too much to sell high. They've been fielding offers for him. I think at some point somebody gets desperate for a striker. Where mm-hmm. he goes, I don't know. I would assume he would stay in MLS, but he has had offers from overseas as well. So we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, his second question there is predictions for the supporter shield playoff places in MLS Cup. Um, so supporter shield Seattle is just crazy. They the the defense is good, but it's not deep, so they need those guys to stay healthy. But that could be the best team potentially ever. Um, Atlanta is also going to be pretty dirty, so I would expect them to be very very good, if, especially if they get Joseph Martinez going back mm. to to his old self pre-injury. Um, so those are the two supporter shield. I mean, playoff races, it, it can be anybody. I mean, it, MLS is such a crazy league. There's maybe two or three teams that I would rule out for the playoffs at this point, and everybody else really has a chance. Mm. Um, and then as far as who's going to win the MLS Cup, it really matters who gets hot at the right time. I mean, it's not a season-long thing. It's one-off games for two weeks, three weeks. So yeah. it's it's about Forms who's everything. playing really well at the end. I mean, it it kind of just comes down to that. So, I mean, Supporter Shield is a little easier to project, but I wouldn't have said New England was going to win the Supporter Shield last year. So, I mean, it's a crazy league. We'll have to just wait and see. That's why it's exciting, and, though. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's what makes that's what scares me. <laughs> yeah. FI Gardner asked a great question. We've covered, I'd say, 90% of it, um, but the one part we didn't, it kind of goes back to the, the whole comp concept or conversation about cards losing value overnight um do you ever think insuring your cards will be an option like uh that's an interesting you, interesting one i mean would i would you insure your cards how much would you pay it's tough I mean, obviously it depends on the player right but yeah it depends on what kind of level they're at but uh, man how would an insurance policy even work would it be like you would it would cash out if it if he drops in value. I think it might be like uh, I I don't know. You you could probably get like I don't know if this would even exist or is possible now, but maybe down the line, like in, in the NFT space in general, something could come in that like if you're hacked or if your NFT gets tampered with, disappears. I I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if they would ever ensure just like it loses value, but like death or this or that. They, you have to pay a monthly fee and you're insured. I have no idea. I'm not an insurance guy, but no. it's one of those. I don't think enough happens at the minute or there's enough danger at the minute that I would bother, but I can see why people might. I mean, if you have a card worth 610 grand, no one would ever would pay like that much to have for a that card. insured? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I would, <laughs> who I would, would pay that, that much? one, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, interesting concept. I just don't yeah. have a clue how it would work. Now, Zico11 says, for newcomers just building their gallery, which league would you enter your best five players in? I have a strong challenger team and unsure whether to compete with it in Challenger Europe or All-Star. Now, if you have players for an All-Star team where you can churn out a 0.02 score pretty confidently, I would just churn out the 0.02 score and then hit Challenger hard personally. The only other side of this argument is if you go to All-Star, you have a a chance of winning those champion players. And if it really is a strong team, quality over quantity just bang one really strong team in as opposed to like sacrificing quality and sticking a couple here and there um, yeah. i don't know what you think 
I kind of looked at this from like a limited perspective, like just taking out the ETH thresholds altogether yeah, and fair. saying if 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 I just have to pick All-Star versus Challenger, which one would I go with? And I think it depends on the week. I've been personally playing because, you know, we have Champion America or All-Star and it's the same kind of conundrum. I've been saying if it's a big week with a lot of prizes up for grabs, I want to get more specific. I want to play in Champion America with my best team. And if it's a small week with not a lot of prizes, I find that those Champion America cards are really hard to win. So I'm actually going over to, to Global All-Star with my better mm. team um, on like, you know, midweeks or international break or something to that effect where there's just not as many games out, not as many prizes. Um, I'm just, I mean, for me, maybe it's a maybe it's like a losing mentality, but I'm just trying to win a card every week. I... Um, not that I'll never finish on the podium, but I don't know that I have the kind of bankroll to finish on the podium or like try to really mm. challenge for those spots. So I'm looking at it more as where do I have the best chance of winning something? Mm. You know, um, no, nope, so that's I how I you. took that question. Yeah, no, that that's probably a better way. I, I'm quite. I'm an idiot in terms that I always take it in terms of rares because I don't really play limited, but limited is where a lot of people come in these days. So answering that question from a limited perspective is probably better and it takes away the threshold sort of angle and bias yeah. that could Obviously be removed. Obviously the, the thresholds are what you go for first. Um, yeah, Obviously, if you have yeah. the budget, yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, there's a few more questions there. I don't know if there's any of them that stood out that you want to particularly answer before I glaze over um, them. I don't know who asked it because I just kind of wrote down the questions themselves and then went and, and researched them. I loved the question of who's going to break out from some, from the bench or from, you know, not being a starter. Yeah, that was um, from Dojo Gaming. Okay. Yeah, I, I love that question because it's, it's kind of what gets at the heart of what MLS is. Like there's so many opportunities for these guys that maybe aren't all time, you know, full-time starters. Um, I think Moses Nyman from DC, if you had asked me last year, at this time, I would have said Moses Nyman's a little better than Kevin Paredes. They're both super talented players, and they'll both play in Europe at some point. Nyman didn't have a great season. Paredes had a huge season. So I would think, mm. and we actually got rid of um, Junior Moreno as well, so we don't have the guy that was starting over Nyman. I would think Nyman is going to get that spot, and he could be very, very good. Other guys around the league that just have way too much talent, Talis Magno is coming into his second year. He started to break out a little bit in the playoff run for NYCFC. I expect him, especially if Tati Castellanos leaves, I expect him to be very, very good. Jaquil Marshall-Ruddy up in Toronto. Um, I don't know if he's got really a spot to play in, um, but he is just uber talented. And at some point he's going to break through because he's they're just not going to be able to keep him on the bench. Same thing with Reed, Reed Baker-Whiting in Seattle. Um, just mm. Super, super talented. And they have obviously a great team. I've been harping on them all um, all podcasts it seems like but he's just got too much talent to not be played so mm. I think those are guys maybe even not Marshall Ruddy and, and Baker Whiting maybe even not this year but at some point those guys are going to be studs yeah I've seen uh, a lot about Jaquille Marshall Ruddy did he train with Liverpool or something for a bit and uh, Baker Whiting did oh, was it Baker, Baker Whiting, Whiting. Yeah, did he, Marshall he, Ruddy do it as well Marshall Ruddy, he has interest from some big teams. I don't know if he trained with any, though. Let me see. Marshall Ruddy, Liverpool. Could have been just both type, of them. It might have been, or I, I don't know. I just, that, that's in the back of my mind. The hyphenated I last names, I get them confused all the time. <laughs> yeah, 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 I think he did. I think he went to train them with them. I could be completely wrong. 
There's they a both have had interest from Elliott. Liverpool and Bayern and all the big, yeah, all the big boys. I have a Baker Whiting limited that I picked up a long time ago. Quinny told me to. Um, I'm yeah. tempted here to try and get a, a Marshall Ruddy limited because it's nice just to have the exposure. Right. You know, if they become the next Davies or whoever. Yeah. yeah, it's nice, nice just to be able to follow it. Right. But um, look, I think that's about all the questions we've time for. There is one other thing. It's the 137 game. Oof. Um. Now, I'd like to just thank everyone who asked questions, by the way, that we didn't get to, but I think a lot of them were kind of overlapping, so I left out any that I felt were kind of already half covered. Um, The 137 game, so last week, the choices from Josh were Hoot and Olsen at Anderlecht, and they combined for 91, so it's safe to say he was a little bit off. But it's on to you now this week, the upcoming game week. Give us two players that'll combine for a score of 137, and if you hit 137 on the nut, you're going to win the infamous Atibo card. Do I want to win that, though? Isn't he That's cursed or something? Uh, rumor has it. I mean, Laird didn't take it. He's the undisputed champion so far, and he mm. wouldn't take the prize. Um, I have to say that I haven't podiumed since I got him. So oh. that well, could be a reflection on anyway, me. So that's not a problem Or of me. him. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That, but you will have the option to claim the prize or burn okay. it. I wish there was a way you could burn an NFT. There definitely is. I mean, you could is. take it off-site. I could send this to a burn wallet. You could. I'm making a note. Anyone who knows anything about NFTs, let me know. Because I went want to burn that. Like it sacrificial. Doesn't, doesn't get claimed by the end of the season. Just burn them. Yeah, just burn them. I also actually, um, before I forget to say this, sorry, I'm bumping in again. I'm interested in two things. I think I found the person, but just in case he doesn't fancy it, I'm interested in finding one listener who listens passionately every week when it comes out. You'll be the only person in the world who gets early access, and your only job will be to listen back as you normally do. I don't want it to be like a job for someone. I want someone who listens every week anyway, which you probably are if you're at this stage in the podcast. And I want you to listen and li- literally just timestamp parts that you think would make interesting clips so we can clip them for social media. I cool. hate listening back to myself. That's a good I idea. I can't bear doing it. So what I want is someone who listens anyway, who wants to help me out, listen to the podcast as you normally do. You'll get early access. So if anyone pumps anyone, you can get on the, the player first. <laughs> and yeah, you just have to send me timestamps. So if that interests anyone, DM me. And the other thing that I'm half thinking of, but I can't really be arsed with, is setting up a Discord Everyone wants to be in a Discord. I get loads of messages. I think managing that might be tough. If anyone wants to do that together or help me out, my DMs are open. I've bought gotta, it in. I gotta because plug mine real quick because I had dude, one of my listeners reach out to me and said, Hey, can can you set up a Discord for us? And I was like, I don't know anything about running a Discord, but if you want to do it, go for it. So big shout oh, out you to have Patrick. One. Yeah, Pat my guy Patrick, he runs the Discord for me. Um, I need I need a Patrick. I'm looking yeah, for a Patrick. Where's your Patrick? I claim Where's my, my Patrick? Patrick. You Who wants to be Patrick. my Patrick? He's very good. Oh, um, Patrick, so yeah, I'm here to poach you. I'll pay you more. <laughs> that won't be hard. <laughs> um, but no, our Discord is, is really cool. So check out my Twitter if you want access to that. It's it's obviously very MLS heavy and very America heavy. So yeah. um, eventually we want to get to a spot where we can run meetups out of the Discord. Mm. Um, so that would be the idea. But um, we also Meet have like... We Drink have like eggnog experts and, and, yeah. and lasagna and and, and oh. Coleslaw, right? Oh yeah. Well, I'm your guy. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> we also have like experts in the chat where it's like I know that they know what they're talking about, so I like endorse them to give advice. So yeah, I think it's yeah. more helpful than just random people in the in the chat just giving opinions. Um, 100%. So yeah, little plug for my Discord there, but 
No, 100%. Actually. Yeah. Um, if anyone's looking to find that, you said it's in your Twitter bio. I'll have you tagged yeah. everywhere. Um, but yes, the 137 game. Go on, yes. hit us for your two choices. Well, I don't know if he's going to come through this week because he's, he's got a huge card price sale now. So he's under a ton of pressure. But I have to go with Erling Holland for one of my players. Big man. I feel I like that's it. that's required at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one, I'm going I'm going um, AFCON final. I think that Kaladu Koulibaly is going to have a nice little solid game in the back there. He's, he puts up some decent scores. So I need I need a, a little Erling Holland goal and, and a solid game from Koulibaly, and I think I'm in good shape. I've stuck Koulibaly into my all-star team this week. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm excited. I am. Um, so yeah, let's hope that comes through for you. I think Holland could very easily hit the kind of the 80 points you're looking at in yeah. around a 60 from Koulibaly. You're not far off. Right. So good luck. Well, look, MLS card guy, Chris, it's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else you want to plug outside the Discord and your Twitter? Um, You've obviously a great YouTube channel, a lot of information there for people. Um, I'd highly recommend they find you. Is there anything else? Yeah, I mean, we're doing on the the MLS um, YouTube, we're doing MLS season previews now. We've got 28 days, 28 teams going through four four teams per video. So we're cranking those out. Should have another one out tomorrow, I think. Um, so that's, that's a big one. And then the other one, um, I've got a Patreon page set up. It's a little different from some of the other Patreon pages out there. It's more to support the channel and to help me get a budget to, you know, do kind of what you did with the, with the, um, you know, and Quinny did with, with their setups and kind of making everything really nice and professional. Um, so it's not as focused on like insider tips and all that stuff. I do have some of that stuff but it's a lot more for people that I've already helped out and, and people that yeah. want to support me and the channel to, uh, to kind of go. So give a look to the Patreon. Um, if you, uh, if you fancy that, but yeah, that's it. YouTube channel, Patreon, discord. We're, we're all over the place now. Cool. Well, I'll put links to most of, if not all of it in the description and, um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, John. Really great to see you again. that's it for this week's episode i hope you learned a thing or five about the mls and if you did enjoy the episode don't forget to leave that review it means everything the spotify gang are winning at the minute and i love them forever if you're on apple and you haven't left a review it's very easy please do so and uh yeah i'll talk to you next week